0: Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross-Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform.
1: So, you'd like to believe in God, but what's the deal with revival? And what the heck does it have to do with a little college in Kentucky named Asbury? Well... My friend, no discussion of revival would be proper if it didn't include the one and only co-host. Say hello again to my good friend, Jim Barrier.
2: Wow. Well, I appreciate that, Bob. And and you do know, I've, I've tried to study a little bit about revival history. I've been involved in a couple of events in my life that I would say fall under that category. And, uh... What's happening right now in Asbury is very intriguing. Uh, Well,
1: before you go on, have I got a special treat for all of you. Jim Barrier, you may not know this, but you have a fan, and he's a good friend of mine, and you've heard him even though you probably didn't know it was him. He's on every few weeks doing that call, Bob, now. His name (laughs) is also Jim. His name is Jim Carcagus. He's often said, when Jim Barrier comes into town, can I meet him, and can we all go go out to dinner and i've had to say well i told him about you jim and frankly he just wasn't interested and really didn't give a rat's behind whether (laughs) he met you or not i had to say that but you know i'm his good friend so i can talk to him well jim Uh, go ahead and say uh, hi to him since you're meeting how you
0: doing jim nice to meet you over over the radio as it were
2: yeah likewise and and you know here i'm i'm just going to make this deal with you the next time i'm in san diego you and I are going to get together with or without Bob.
0: Well, I, I thought that was a given, Jim. I mean, I didn't want to hurt Bob's feelings. I mean, he does, he does control the microphones here, but yeah, <laughs> that'd be great, yeah. Jim. But, you know, we can let yeah, Bob gotta- come.
2: Yeah, we could do we, we could do that. That'd be great. Uh, and I'm not sure when the next time is. I'll be out there, but uh, I try to get out there at least once a year, and I try to arrange it so that I'm there on a Sunday so we can do the show in the studio because it's just, it's just so much more fun that way. Well, I'm we sure could combine
1: I'll... this show with the Waltons and just call it Jim Bob Jim. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good night, Jim, Bob. Okay. Good night, Mary All right, so
1: now we'll return to the spiritual portion of the Bob Siegel Show. Go ahead, Jim. You've been really looking okay. into this thing. I've looked into it a little bit. What are your thoughts so far?
2: Well, I have read an awful lot, and the reports that I'm reading are very encouraging, very positive, and it's about people who are praying, repenting. They're waiting at the altar. They don't want to leave, and now what's happening is people are converging on the city. It's a small town and um it has all the earmarks of of other classic revivals that I've read about. And I happen to have three friends who are there right now. It's a guy uh, Wait a minute, Jim,
1: you have three friends? What are you trying to three? Okay acquaintances okay (laughs) maybe one and a half friends three friends come on jim
0: jim i'm your friend
2: (laughs) thank you so and and i'm i'm hoping bob is my friend so that's
1: oh of course i'm your friend but that's a (laughs) given i just didn't think that after me you needed any other friends
2: yeah well these friends of mine they're actually neighbors they live on the same street as me we attended church together over 30 years ago when i first moved to san antonio they were part of that church and uh Peter and I are both board members for uh, a missionary friend of ours, and so we do work. We we spend a lot of time together. We're very well acquainted, and their daughter attended Asbury, and so the three of them—Peter and his wife and their daughter—are there right now. And uh, so I really wanted their take because they're people I do. have confidence in and know them well enough. And they assure me that it's the real deal. And so I'm favorably impressed. And I've read a a lot of articles, you can can go online and you can find stuff, but they're just great reports about what's happening. Maybe the uh, best line that I have read is by Mark Swayze and he said, they're a nameless and faceless generation and they are rebelling against the celebrity culture infiltrating the church. In other words, you know, there's no names. There's no big names on the platform. They don't have lights and smoke and uh, the loud band and all the hoopla. It's just it's just a bunch of young people that are there waiting on God. Now, other people have joined in, so they're not it, they don't have an age limit. You know, you can't if you're not over if you're over 30, you can't come in or something like that. But it's primarily students and faculty members are part of it. But it's not a show and it's not a thing where uh, they're trying to attract attention to anybody but Jesus. And you know what? I can get behind something like that. Uh, So now, my friends that are there, they're of Pentecostal charismatic background, and they, in honesty, they tend to be more emotional than our analytical friend, Dr. Everett Piper, who has also discussed the thing, though he admits he has not been there. I tend to be Somewhere in between, I usually I'm a little skeptical, and uh, I will admit that. I don't know if that's a good thing. I visited the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola back in the '90s, and uh, I had friends that were on staff there, and uh, it was fun. I went there a couple of times, but this is way different because of that. You know, I' have to tell this story. I hope I don't make anybody mad. I say that at least. Every time I'm on the show But the second time I went down to Brownsville There was a sign And it said Revival products So I walked around the back And they had a trailer set up And they were selling CDs and books and stuff And and I said to my friend You know that's funny I thought the product of revival Was people's lives Getting changed (laughs) And uh so far, this thing in Asbury is not commercial, it's not promoting anything other than people seeking the Lord. And I find that very encouraging and very much needed in our time. So that's my first take on what's going on in, in, in the whole thing there what are the things have you guys heard Jim and Bob and anybody else Brandon
1: <laughs> well Jim and I were talking in the car and he told me an interesting story that he had heard about the very first testimony that started it you want to share mm-hmm. that Jim
0: well From what I heard, you know, watching one of the episodes of the new show, Tucker Carlson, he had, uh, Mm -hmm. when he was interviewing the student body president of Inc., I believe maybe Thursday night, she pointed to the fact that she believed, I think if I heard correctly, it started where a young man in the midst of one of their regular chapel services, I guess they have two to three a week. Finally, Mm -hmm. he got up in front of everybody and was just simply sharing his own personal Mm -hmm things and his own shortcomings, maybe confessing sins, if you will, and being Mm -hmm, very authentic mm -hmm. and personal. And that apparently was what started it. It Almost as if, and I was thinking, well, does that maybe a conduit, if you will, for the spirit to just launch? And this started, I guess, with that. Uh, That particular event started, you know, what we're seeing. I don't know if you heard a similar thing, how it started. No, I
2: did. Tucker's actually done a couple of pieces now on a thing, and I've been following that The experiences that I've had and the things that I've read about, that is a key element to, I think, any uh, legitimate revival, if we want to use this word. We're going to talk about that word, revival, in a little while. But confession of sin is always part of the mix, and it takes some courage to get up in front of people and tell them about your shortcomings, as you will, or, or, you know, your sins, if you want to be that hardcore, and just admit that to people. I think that's powerful. And and as you you probably followed up on it, and it kind of just opened the floodgates, and more more people started sharing, and they're praying for one another. But it hasn't been a big dramatic thing where somebody's up ranting and raving and making a big emotional appeal. It's just, just these people are quietly, humbly seeking God. And that's one of the words that I've read in almost every one of these testimonies is that it's about humility. That seems to be a key trait of this particular outbreak, that there's humility, which I think is very refreshing in the Christian community. You might be like me. I've kind of had it with all of the Christian celebrities and the pompous preachers and all of the glitz and show that goes on so much. This is the other end of the spectrum, I think.
1: Would it be safe Uh, to Hope against but wonder if some of these celebrity culture people are, are going to try to co-opt this thing and put their brand on it
2: Well, there's always that potential I'm not so much concerned about that you know and if that happens I think it'll be dealt with in a healthy way but I also believe this and now I have not been there but I'm just I've been reading lots of testimonies and I have personal friends that are there. I think if the thing is legit, and I believe it is, and I think if it's something that is fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit, and for the listeners in our audience that uh, are not familiar with those terms, you can call Bob later and he'll explain it to you. (laughs) I think that God is big enough to monitor those things and take care of any interference or that kind of stuff. Certainly, the enemy is not pleased when this sort of thing goes on, so there's going to be, I'm sure, some repercussion. I've been waiting for some of the left-wing people to be up in arms and and try to demonize this and and talk about how... Oh,
1: you you can just bet they will. They will go out there and interview students and faculty, and the only question they'll ask them is, what is your opinion of the LGBTQ community? Yeah. And the moment they hear an answer they don't like, that will become the story. Yeah, but you know what? Full speed
2: ahead. (laughs) 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 If you get my reference. Uh, I think that a genuine move of God can survive that kind of stuff. You know, I remember back in the day when Billy Graham was just everywhere, and he was a big name, and I remember comedians taking pot shots at him and people criticizing him. And I'm going to tell you this, I don't believe that Billy Graham – had any skeletons in his closet. I think he was a mad of it He
1: didn't and I've never been a fan of the tele evangelists, but Billy Graham has always been clean and balanced. Yeah. By the way, radio evangelists are they're just fine. It was only tele evangelists <laughs> that I had problems with. Radio Evangelists, that's a whole different story. By the way, how did the book signing go? Oh it went really well. Thank you. A lot of people were there and told some good stories from my old campus church, which was called Sojourner's Christian Fellowship. It was out at UCSD back in the 80s and early 90s. In fact, my good friend Jim, I actually met him there. He was a college student. I was 30 years old when I first met Jim. Seems like a million years ago. My children are now in their 40s and I have grandchildren. It seems like yesterday I was 30. Jim was in his early 20s or maybe even 18 or 19 when I met him. And what do you know? Here it is, you years later and we're we're all still here barely i guess it's amazing it's amazing i haven't gotten arrested or hung yet but anyway
0: yeah i met bob out on the ucsd campus i was 19 and he he was out there at a book table and uh we just engaged in conversation he he was sitting there with a sign that said so you've tried religion now try god so i was intrigued and we had
1: another one that said atheism is inconsistent and that was a fun
0: one that was a great one yeah So atheists would Uh, walk
1: by with this smug look on their face and say, why are atheists inconsistent? (laughs) And I'd say, because you live as though there's value and purpose to your life, and that could not be if you were here by accident. I didn't say we were here by accident. I said we were here by evolution. (laughs) Dude, same cereal, different box. Anyway, we digress. Well, (laughs) I wouldn't call that a digress. I would call that going sideways and skewing out. But let's return to Asbury, where the real revival is.
2: Well, I I would call that a great segue into the next thing I want to say. And that is, you remember the story of Gamaliel in Acts chapter 5. Gamaliel was the Pharisee. The rabbi that Paul
1: trained under.
2: Yeah. And so when uh, things were just heating up there in Acts chapter 5, they were... Real upset that the religious leaders did not like what was happening. with these.
1: these yes, churches. very much like what's going on now because it was happening without yeah. them or their endorsement. They weren't yeah. the star of the yeah. show. Yeah. And so Gamaliel said this. He listed all these
2: different people. He said, you know, we had a guy named Judas and he came and he died and his followers left and, and there was a guy named Judas who appeared and, and the same thing happened and, and all there have been a lot of people come and go and he said, in this case, I would say, leave them alone, for if the source of this plan or movement is men, it will be overthrown. But if the source is God, you will not be able to overthrow it, and you might even find yourself fighting against God. And that's kind of, I, you know, I always used to make fun of Gamaliel for doing that. I said he was riding the fence, but the truth is, in some It was actually things, a lot of wisdom. Yeah, there is. And so I'm going to say, don't be too quick to judge. Why can't we rejoice that Christians are repenting and people are coming to Christ. Isn't that what we've been working and praying for?
1: Yeah, and there are always concerns people have, especially when there's a lot of charismata. They start bringing in all the bad theology, like we all have to speak in tongues and this and that. And I was saying this just today at the book signing because my book was actually about church and church life and a little bit about revival. God can work despite bad theology. I have no doubt that some people are going to go in and try to co-opt this thing, and suddenly it's going to be, well, are you spiritual? Spirit-filled or are you not Spirit-filled? And then sometimes people think, well, if it's bad theology, then that can't be the Holy Spirit working. And that's simply not true. Or I should say it's not necessarily true. It's not always for me to say when God's working, when he isn't. But if somebody feels they've had an experience with God, leave them alone and let them enjoy it. And here's the thing. Nobody for the first 20 years of church history had worse theology than the apostles. Yes, the apostles. (laughs) Peter, James, John, Paul had good theology, but he wasn't one of the original apostles. He was one of the ones untimely born, was caught up into heaven for a while, when he came back down, he knew what he was talking about more than they did, and they were kind of scratching their heads, but they finally succumbed to some of the things he said. For the first 20 years of church history, they were teaching that in order to become a Christian, you first had to become Jewish, and you had to follow yeah, the yeah. law. Now, that is as heretical as anything else we know of by our standards today, and yet, was the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. They were raising people from the dead. They were healing the deaf. They were healing the blind. They were doing all kinds of supernatural things through the Holy Spirit. Now we read that in the book of Acts. We start with chapter one and this Jerusalem council where they finally straighten it out and they go, okay, the gospel is for the Gentiles. Okay, you don't have to become Jewish first. They straighten that (laughs) out. It was hard for them because they were all Jewish themselves. That's the roots they came out of. We can read from Acts one to Acts 15 in maybe 30 minutes. That doesn't mean Christianity was only 30 minutes old when they had the Jerusalem Council. You add that up, we're talking at least... 20 years where the apostles were heretics, but God was looking at the heart. So even though there may be some concerns, and I have no doubt that some people are going to go in and try to co op this thing, yeah. but it doesn't mean that God can't still work. Like Gamaliel, I take this view of wait and see. By the way, quick sidebar, you can read about Gamaliel in the Jewish Talmud. So those of you that try to say yeah, that yeah. the New Testament is made up history, then why is it I that even, the Jews who didn't even, even believe in the New Testament have this character Gamaliel in their Talmud? It's a little sidebar for no extra charge. But I like the things that Gamaliel said. Somebody asked me about this today. I've mostly heard good things. I did hear an interview with some pastors that live close by. I thought they were fair. I thought they were open. They were quick to give the disclaimer that we've only witnessed some of these testimonies, not all of them. They had some concerns. I felt some of their concerns were valid. At this point, I would say that I definitely believe God's working and doing something. I am Cautiously optimistic. I have some concerns. That's as fair and balanced as I could be. Right.
2: Now. You know, I've been through so many different things, and I became a believer in 1968. And so I've watched a lot of things come and go. I've watched a lot of fads and trends, and then I've seen some legitimate works of the spirit in people's lives. I guess I'm just in my old age. I'm not as quick to jump on bandwagons, but I'm also not so quick to be argumentative and judgmental. When when I was a young believer, boy, I was just, I knew I was right about everything and I could pick everybody apart. I think I've been delivered from that.
1: Oh Uh, yeah. The more we learn, uh, the more we realize how little we know. I've often said, I don't know nearly (laughs) as much today as I thought I knew when I was 20 years old. (laughs) That's absolutely true.
2: So that's kind of my perspective on a lot of these things. But I do think that there's something going on there. And as I said, you know, if if there are people getting saved and if there are Christians who are getting their lives straightened out, that's worth something right there for me. Now, what I'd like to jump into here is just a little review of some revival history. And I'm not going to give all of the details of everything, but I'm just going to point out a few things that have happened in history, particularly affecting the Americans. The first was the Great Awakening in 1734, and this uh, involved Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield and John Wesley. It also
1: involved a lot of different denominations working together in harmony, which a lot of people don't know about our American history. They actually hammered out what they called the denominations theory and they said we must agree on the essentials the gospel the deity of christ salvation but when it comes to modes of worship styles of baptism church yeah. governments we can have unity and diversity so the great awakening i think was one of the most powerful times and it was right before the revolutionary war and then mm-hmm. a couple of years after mm-hmm. the revolutionary war we had the second great awakening and that was pretty cool too
2: yeah and that involved a lot of famous preachers and There were camp meetings, they called them, and revival meetings. And that went on, started in 1800 and went on for about 25 years. Uh, In 1801, there was the Cane Ridge Camp Meetings in Kentucky. And by 1811...
1: Now, what is it about uh, Kentucky that's ripe for all this revival? What exactly did Colonel Sanders put in those 11 herbs and spices and secret ingredients?
3: Inquiring minds want to know when we return to the Bob Siegel Show. The sequel to The Dangerous Christmas Ornament is called Inside the Castle in the Glass and already this entertaining sequel is getting great reviews from customers on Amazon.com. Reviews such as this one. Very clever way of introducing certain life principles in a fictional setting. I thoroughly enjoyed the story. Here's another review. I picked up this book at a book signing with Bob Siegel on a Friday. By Monday morning before work, I finished it. This is over 500 pages of story. I couldn't put it down. I would plan to put it down at the end of the chapter, then something big would take place. I would have to continue to see what happened. A lot of unexpected twists and turns and a lot of things you can't imagine. Things that make you say, what? By the way, I am pushing 60 years old and I enjoyed this book and look forward to more of Bob's books. Keep them coming. Inside the Castle in the Glass, available on Amazon.com and and BarnesandNoble.com.
4: If I can add uh, very quickly uh, my opinion of what happened in Kentucky, I've been loving it so far. First off, I have a couple of friends, like you said, that live here in San Diego that actually made the trip all the way to Kentucky for this revival. Something about it feels so organic and just... I I need some good news in my life. Like, we have been having some awful, awful news as of late. Uh, The whole Jimmy Carter situation, the uh, situation with the balloon going on, and how we first Mm -hmm. say that we did recover it, but then we don't recover everything all of a sudden, too. So, it's been one awful news story after another. So, something like this is something I think that not only just me, but I think all of America really does need uh, right now. And I truly, truly appreciate it. Personally, Jim, this is just Jim Barrier, specifically, Mm -hmm. uh, I... I'm I'm actually a fan of the big band people there, uh, so like I've gone to plenty of Christian concerts, such as like the big bands like Mercy Me, Counting Crowns, yeah. and all that stuff. And I feel yeah. very very close to God still every time I go to those kind of events. So I'm well, not the sure if that's is what God
1: you... works in different oh. ways. What somebody yeah. like Brendan responds to and somebody like Jim responds to is going oh. to be very different because yeah, I, we're all I, I didn't mean that disrespectfully. Yeah. If oh, that I me off didn't. that way. No, yeah. no, no, no. You didn't sound disrespectful at all. Okay, I'm just yeah. putting in my two cents and saying yeah. I can see how you might respond to something like that and jim might say that's not the way i prefer that it's in but that's why god made us all different yeah
4: it must be a young person i'm kidding
2: that, that wasn't really what my commentary was i was just saying it's different from what so much of of the church activity is right now i've been to so many concerts brandon I've been to over 300 concerts in my life. Oh, I believe you. I and, and, 100% and, believe. And that. and I love and I love good music and and I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying this is very different in this situation because they're not doing the whole, you know, the the big thing. No. I love I love good Christian music and and actually we can segue again into another section here a, about revival. That's the
1: second segue. Stuff. One show, two segues. <laughs> Count them. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, I wasn't disparaging the music, rock music, loud music, contemporary Christian music.
1: Well, we know how much Are you love saying? rock music and concerts, Jim. So, yeah, you probably yeah. weren't meaning yeah. to disparage them.
2: And, and the truth is, I was right in the middle of all that, you know, when all that stuff started happening. I was in a band in San Diego there. We were uh, a, a Christian band, and uh, we were one of the few at the time. And so whenever the big name acts would come to town, we were the warm-up act. And so I... You know, I played on stage with Love Song and Chuck Gerard and, and Andre Crouch and the Disciples and Larry Norman and
0: Randy Stonehill and wow. all of them.
1: I was and, waiting and to hear Stonehill. Jim Barrier in the Smiths. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you you no? opened up for Larry Norman and Randy Stonehill, Jim?
2: Yeah, yeah. Excellent.
0: Yeah, yeah I've I've seen Randy yeah. Stonehill, not Larry Norman, but I would have loved yeah.
2: to. Well, Larry Norman is one of my heroes, and he was very controversial. Uh, he was in in uh, when the G movement was happening. He was up at Hollywood First Presbyterian, and he was just a piece of work. <laughs> uh, and he was, he was too religious for the secular world, so his records wouldn't sell, but he was way too radical for the church community. Right. And, um,
1: and you're so, also friends with Barry Maguire, who he yeah, was very involved yeah, was in retired. the whole Jesus movement, and Barry uh, Maguire, yeah. the second <laughs> chapter of Acts, they were very much in the yeah. center of that.
2: Yeah, I, I met Barry about a week after he got saved, and we've been friends ever since, and, and uh, I think very highly of him. He was already a celebrity, and then he was converted, so he had a very unique career. So I, I've been part of that whole music scene, which came out of... Uh, we're going to skip a whole lot of the... Boy, I want to talk about the, the Welsh revivals and and, uh, and Charles Finney and Billy Graham and, and all of those things. that There have been... There have been revivals and movements all through our history. And there is this thread that I didn't want to mention. And that is this, this little town uh, when the Welsh revivals happened, right after the, uh, the turn of the 19th century. Or turn, maybe you in mean 19- the 1900s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Evan Roberts started the Welsh revivals, and it spread over here, and it began occurring in places all over America. Brooklyn, Michigan, Denver, Schenectady, Nebraska, North of South Carolina, Georgia, Yale University, and Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. And then, you know, you, you had, oh, man. Man, read about
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because I've heard people on the news say that Asbury's part of the Methodists. That's not exactly true. The Methodists were started by John Wesley, but these are actually people that broke off during the pre-Civil War days over the issue of slavery. And this is; these are the Uh, Wesleyans saying we're going to go back to the original teachings of John Wesley that they felt the Methodists were going with. And over the slavery issue, this church was instrumental in the Underground Railroad. Which brings up another point. I do believe the Holy Spirit is working, but if this becomes the revival we want it to become that really saves this nation and turns this nation back to Christ, it's going to have to take stands on issues like that, like they did originally with slavery. It's going to have to say no to a lot of popular ideas. And we're going to have to see a heck of a a lot of pastors in evangelical churches repent for a lot of the compromising that they've been doing i'm assuming that if this is of god that that's going to be around the corner if that's not around the corner i'll still believe god's working i'll still believe he's doing a wonderful thing but i'm not sure i'll call it quite the revival that everybody's expecting it to be that's what has to happen somewhere down the road
2: i agree i agree completely with that uh, now let's talk about, when well, we have a little bit of time, the Jesus movement.
1: Okay, we will uh, come back in one minute okay. and talk about the uh. Jesus movement. You're listening to The Bob Siegel Show with not one, but two, Jim's, Jim Barrier and Jim Carcagus <laughs> as well. Hi, I'm Bob Siegel here to talk about my latest book, The Many Myths About Ministry. As you know, I'm a Christian apologist, but let me tell you something. In my many years of interactions with skeptics, doubters, and even seekers, I have found that the vast majority of their problems with Christianity stem from previous church experiences. Yes, What's more, many of their concerns are valid and serve as inspiration for this book. While defending the truth of the Bible and the importance of the gospel message, I nevertheless take an honest look at the way Christians interact with each other. From the larger issues of putting our leaders on too high a pedestal, to the unfair judging of the way another person worships, to the unsolicited advice which claims to have been led by the Spirit of God, of course, and I do believe the Spirit Spirit of God speaks, I do, but a lot of times Christians are putting words in his mouth. Who are we kidding? My friends, this simple, easy read will strike a chord of familiarity with anyone involved in church life. It's a call to lay aside the unimportant issues that distract us and return to the heart of
3: Christian community. The Many Myths About Ministry by Bob Siegel, available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com.
2: Okay, folks, we've got a few minutes left. We're going to wrap up here. And I just wanted to mention, started in the late 60s, we called it the Jesus Movement. And uh, a link to that was the Charismatic Renewal. But uh, the Jesus Movement was quite a phenomenon. And I'm, I'm willing to look back at that now. I used to think that it wasn't revival, but I look at it now and I think it has all of the trademarks of revival. And it, it did affect a culture. It affected the world. Uh, and I was right smack dab in the middle of that whole thing. One of the things I wanted to mention, though, I mean, aside from turning out what we now call contemporary Christian music, and which is now now there's praise and worship in church that uses electric guitars and drums and lights and smoke and, and all of that, that all began in the Jesus movement, and there's a film coming out Friday about it, and, and I'm going to go see the film, and I'd like to talk about that film next Sunday, if we could. I think I'm scheduled to be on next week, right? You are. Okay, so I, I, I'd love to talk a little more about that film and the Jesus movement. But the, thing, the one thing I wanted to point out tonight was that movement began to spread across the country. And I was, boy, I went up and marched for Jesus, and I went to all the rallies and did all that stuff. But the revival spread to college campuses, notably, you guessed it, Asbury College in 1970 where there was a huge revival and so there is a thread There, there's something going on in Asbury uh, We do
1: need to remember uh, so, though there's one pastor friend of mine he keeps talking about this and he's talking about traveling out to Kentucky to go mm-hmm. to the Holy of Holies. Now he's using it as a nickname. He knows it's not the real right, Holy right. of Holies. But we do need to remember the conversation Jesus had with the woman at the well where she said my yeah, people yeah. say we should worship on the mountain and your people say we should worship in Jerusalem and Jesus says, the day is coming when it won't matter what your geographical location is. So what's going on in Asbury is great. And I can understand people wanting to make a pilgrimage and go out there and see that for themselves. But I would hope this would be a revival if it's of God that would break out everywhere and that we wouldn't have to be in Asbury. Having said that, it is certainly interesting that historically we have this little town and so many revivals have been there. That's certainly an interesting thing to at least note. It it intrigues me.
2: Now, we keep using this word revival and there's really no consensus on how to define revival. The word revival isn't even in the Bible. The word revive is, and what it means is to bring back to life. And so I think that revival involves that. It's the bringing back to life spiritually of people who were professing Christians and people who were not professing Christians, and they and they find spiritual life. And that's I think that's happening in Asbury. Now, I, I just wanted to give quickly here This is my view, my opinion, but uh, characteristics of revival, classically. One, they always seem to happen during times of spiritual and moral decline in a society. Well, we're there. Revival is always, always, always birthed in prayer. It always involves prayer. What's always involved in revival is the reading or preaching of God's Word. That's trademark revival. Revival produces fruit. It produces conviction, confession of sin, and repentance. By the way, those things are all happening in Asbury. And revival begins with God's people, but it results in the conversion of the lost. And these things, all of the revivals that we read about and several that I didn't get to mention tonight, you're going to find those elements in every single revival. And a lot of
1: times it was intercessors praying for years and years and years before the revival. In the biblical times, we see God bring about promises that people were praying for for years, not the least of which the coming of the Messiah. And I know people that have had organized revival asking prayer meetings for the last two years once a week for hours and of course i know you have jim and i have we've been praying for our country so we've been praying for this and it certainly looks like god is involved in this we will see what happens like i said i'm cautiously optimistic about this
2: I am too. Oh, and I was going to say earlier, read about the Azusa Street Revivals with Willie Seymour. I find it ironic that a, a one eyed preacher was named Willie Seymour.
1: Oh, gosh. I'm glad we're on Salem yeah. Network because we'd be fired if you said that anywhere else. But
2: anyway. Okay.
1: Well, um, you'd be fired, but, Jim, not me. I
2: mean, I, I, well, I didn't I've been say fired it. so many times I lost count. <laughs> um, I had the privilege of sitting under the ministry of A.W. Tozer's friend, Leonard Ravenhill. You may oh, have I'm heard a heard huge
1: Tozer fan. Yeah. I love Tozer's yeah. writings.
2: Well, Ravenhill was very much in the same grain. They were good friends. So he said this, as long as we are content to live without revival, we will. And uh, see, he has a whole series on why revival tearings. I have the complete series and read it. It's real hard to read because you get convicted and it it, it challenges you. But the fact is, revival uh, is a response to people who humble themselves before God. Do you think that God doesn't want revival? Do you think that He doesn't want people to turn from their sins? Do you think that He doesn't want them to come into the glorious knowledge of? His son, who came, and he wants them to do that
1: all the time, not just when times are tough and depressing, but like you said, it's when times are bad that people will go to their knees and then go to their knees for a long time, and then sometimes many years later, the revival comes.
2: Yeah. So uh, I think we need to heed uh, Ravenhill's words, and we need to heed the words of John the Baptist and Jesus Himself, who said, "Repent; the kingdom of heaven is at hand." I'm cautiously. Hopeful uh, about this thing, I, I have, for my entire Christian walk, wanted to see revival, and I was in the Jesus movement. That was a pretty cool thing. I was in a church there in La Mesa, Faith Chapel, and Pastor George Gregg started that church with twelve members, and. By the time he retired, there were 3,500 on Sundays.
1: Okay, that's wonderful, Jim, but we're going to have to finish this discussion next week because we're out of time. But let's hope this is a revival on the order of John the Baptist, not to be confused with John the Presbyterian and John the Methodist. It's John the Baptist (laughs) that we're talking about. We will see you next time.
0: The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob